So I'm going to introduce this um, commentary with one of the dramatic principles that often gets brought up in story-making, playmaking, and it's Chekhov's gun. So this is a quote, remove everything that has no relevance to the story. If you say in the first chapter that there's a rifle hanging on the wall, in the second or third chapter, it absolutely must go off. If it's not going to be fired, it shouldn't be hanging there. So recently I watched the 2020 best film, uh, Oscar awarded best film, the South Korean film Parasite. And uh, the story revolves around two families, uh, one family that's pretty down on their luck, unemployed. They have uh, two teenage kids, uh, but none of them have any work. And there's this other family with younger children who is very wealthy and lives in a much nicer part of the city. And over the course of the movie, the down on their luck family ends up conning their way, uh, tricking the wealthy family to employing their entire family as housekeeper, as driver, as tutor to their two children. All throughout the movie, and I'm no film critic, but they take Chekhov's rifle, the director takes Chekhov's rifle, that principle, extremely seriously. Um, and it almost seems as though m nearly all parts of the movie seem to be referencing other parts of the movie in this kind of what you could call like a chiastic structure where it's leading up to, you, you have all these themes introduced in the first half. You have this kind of climax thing in the middle. Many have pointed to the point where the housekeeper comes back to find the, uh, to, to find the family and rings the doorbell. And then you have this, uh, the rest of the story filling in the blanks of what's been introduced with the symbols at the beginning of the movie. Um, and this is what makes for great storytelling, is that you put a rifle in the first scene, and then in the second scene, you see how that rifle made an important part of the story. All these symbols corroborate to give you uh, an idea of what's being conveyed. So one of the very easy symbols to look at in Parasite the movie is the use of stairs. The poor family lives in a basement apartment, and the rich family lives very high up in a very uh, luxurious house that always takes a long way to get to via stairs. The director even called this his stair movie, where stairs are always shown to, to show the disparity between the wealth, the prestige of the two families. And if they're going up, then they have to be, you know, they, they're rising up this ladder. And if they're going down there, they're going back to where they, they belong, where they've been at. So I'm using that to introduce this concept of typology. And it's a kind of weird word. It comes from the Greek. And uh, what typology really does is it's basically it's scripture's way of giving us all those symbols of basically good st storytelling, where it introduces an idea. It introduces a um, either a physical thing, a material thing that becomes symbolic for what eventually becomes fulfilled later on. So this is from the catechism. The church as early as apostolic times and then constantly in her tradition has illuminated the, the unity of the divine plan in the two testaments through typology, which discerns in God's works of the old covenant prefigurations of what he accomplished in the fullness of time in the person of his incarnate son. So the idea is the things in the old covenant, all the revelation that happened before Christ is being typologically fulfilled in Christ. So, and I mean, where does this come from? This comes from faith in God as being the author of salvation history. And 
what he's what God conveys in Revelation is he gives us symbols, ideas, um, people, events, kingdoms, whatever that bring you a typological reading that end up uh, being fulfilled in the the new the new covenant. So I, it seems very abstract uh, at the moment, but this is the notion of prophecy. Uh, this is from uh, one of the early church fathers, Lactantius, and his divine institutions, talking about prophecy as well. The prophets who are many preach one God. They declare the one, and indeed filled with the spirit of God, they predicted as if with a single harmonious voice, things that were to be. Nevertheless, those who are ignorant of the truth do not think the prophets ought to be believed, for they say that these voices were not divine, but human. They make an announcement about the one God. So, of course, they must either be madmen or liars. Yet we see that their prophecies have been fulfilled or are daily being fulfilled. And their divination, agreeing as it does in one opinion, teaches that they were not mad. For who would be able, were his mind disturbed, not so much to foretell future events, but even to speak coherently? So let's think about the notion of prophecy then. Uh, If prophecy is going to be prophecy, then it has to first assert something via previous knowledge. So that there's some shared knowledge of um, previous events or, you know, using the symbols of the time in order to point to something that's going to be fulfilled in the future. And so what scripture does is it has these symbols, these ideas, these uh, concepts, these words, these events, you know, typology can take many different forms. It can go from the typology of the Israelites leaving Egypt and going through the Red Sea being fulfilled in baptism in which the Christian goes through the water of baptism to go out of the Egypt of sin. Or it can be um, things such as uh, the Proto-Evangelium in Genesis, where uh, in Genesis 3, God says to the woman, um, you will crush his head, he will bite at your heel, referencing Satan and referencing uh, Mary and her divine role. And it can be basically that all scripture is in a sense prophecy that if you believe that God has, let's say God is first the creator of the world. And then second, that he wants to reveal who he is and reveal who man is and also predict the coming of Christ. Then God as divine author and divine narrator is going to use symbols to show their complete fulfillment later on in the life of the church. So this is all very abstract, but Let's give it a very particular example. So let's go to John 1. In John 1, verse 43, we have Jesus calling some of the first disciples. So first in in John 1, 35 through 42, Jesus calls uh, Simon, Simon Peter, and his brother Andrew. Now in verse 43, I'm going to read up until verse 51. Hopefully this will reveal what I mean by typology. And how scripture, you know, is not, uh, how scripture references um, itself and is, it finds its typological fulfillment in the New Testament. So in verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. 
Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Okay, first question we have to ask, what was it that made Nathanael finally recognize, oh, this is the Christ? Because it seems, you know, the first thing that Nathanael says to, to Philip when Philip says, hey, we found the one who, you know, Moses and the prophets were talking about, the Messiah. Uh, Nathanael's first reaction is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So I guess Nazareth had a bad reputation at the time. Um, but all of a sudden, Jesus says two things to him. I saw you under the fig tree before Philip saw you. And he says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. And all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Nathaniel has this uh, enormous act of faith. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Okay, a few observations from this. First of all, Nazareth plays an important role in this story. So we have Nathaniel saying, can anything co- good come out of, an, uh, of Nazareth? Now, Nazareth in its root, in its Hebrew root, has the word netzer in it. And the word netzer means branch. And so Nazareth has this kind of like, it's almost like saying branch town. Um, And that would have been known by Nathaniel. So it reads, can anything good come out of branch town? You know, and Jesus from Nazareth is how he's introduced. Okay, so this notion of branch so remember, we talked about the, the Chekhov's rifle, that the rifle's hanging on the wall. Well, here's one of those rifles hanging on the wall in the Old Testament. So this is Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, uh, verse 1. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And the prophecy goes on. It's this really fantastic prophecy about the coming of this shoot coming out of the stump of Jesse. And what's the context? Okay, Jesse is the father of David, and David was the great Israelite king. And so this is a really important prophecy. What it what it seems as though, it seems as though the Davidic kingdom is this stump, because in the time of Christ, and even in this time when Isaiah is writing, the Davidic king is, um, the kingdom's broken. The northern Tim tribes have been exiled. The southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin are also about to be exiled to Babylon. The Davidic kingdom seems to have no heir. And in the time of Jesus' time, uh, <laughs> there's still no Davidic king that's uniting all of the kingdom of Israel together. And so it really seems as though the d- dynastic tree of Jesse is done, done for. It's a stump. But what Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 11 is that a shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And that this, this is the prophecy of the Messiah, this son of David, who's going to uh, bring back the Davidic kingdom. Okay. So now we go back to Jesus. We have Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of branch town. Now let's go to another prophecy. This is Zechariah three in Zechariah three. We have this prophecy. Then he showed me the high priest, Joshua, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. 
So remember, the name Jesus comes from the Greek, it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew, which would have been Joshua, Yeshua. So Jesus's name is Joshua. So another way to interpret this is Zechariah 3, then he showed me the high priest Jesus standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to, to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Uh, may he rebuke you. Is not this man a branch plucked from the fire? Now Jesus was dressed with filthy clothes as he stood before the angel, uh, etc. And it keeps going. Now listen, Jesus, high priest, you and your colleagues who sit before you, for they are an omen of things to come. I'm going to bring my servant, the branch. For on the stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven facets, I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the guilt of this land in a single day. On that day, says the Lord of hosts, you shall invite each other to come under your vine and your fig tree. Okay. So what's the gun that's being put on the wall? Chekhov's gone here. Well, the, the gun on the wall is the branch. This idea of the branch being the Messiah, the, the, this, this primary image that God has put in the Old Testament of the branch. And now we have Jesus coming to, to Nathaniel. And where is he from? Branch town, Nazareth. And Jesus come to him and says, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. One more image from the Old Testament about the fig tree. So already in Zechariah 3, we say it says that the servant, the branch, uh, on that day when the branch comes, you shall invite each other to come under your vine and under your fig tree. In Micah 4, we also have another occasion of branch and fig, excuse me, another occasion of fig tree. So there's this long prophecy in Micah 4 verse 1, it shall come to pass in the later days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains and it shall be lifted above the hills and people shall flow to it. Come, let us go to the mountain of, of the Lord for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide disputes for strong nations far away. And they never shall learn uh, war no more, but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. And no one shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken for all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of our Lord God forever and ever. Returning to John one again. So, we have Jesus of Branch Town coming to Nathaniel. Can anything come out of Branch Town? Behold, an Israelite indeed, to whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel replies, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Well, he replies that because the rifle that was on the wall has now been shot. <laughs> the symbolism that was at the beginning is now being fulfilled, and Nathaniel can now perceive it. That what Jesus is saying is, I am the Messiah that is coming into the world. And therefore we have Nathaniel's uh, realization, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you're the king of Israel. So what typology does is um, allow you to understand in a, in a richer way how the New Testament actually, like um, how God has prepared for his own coming by the prophecies, by the Old Testament symbols, by all these things, which allow you to then um, gain a richer understanding of what Christ is actually coming to bring. You know, he, as Christ says, I've come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. 
And that what the early Christians saw is that these typological fulfillments of the Old Testament in the New Testament are um, are first are ways to come closer to the knowledge of Christ, but are also motives of credibility that this isn't just some made up story that the apostles came up with. That what Christ is doing, what what the Holy Spirit's done, is shown how the whole mystery of salvation is wrapped up in one unique story. That. And there's not just one rifle on the wall. There's tons and tons of symbols that end up getting fulfilled and make for a much richer story. And what the the fathers also saw is that we also participate in this typological fulfillment. So as Christians, the divine story, the divine narrative doesn't end with scripture. In a certain sense, the um, we as Christians also play out in the grander narrative of all of reality, of creation, that has certain symbols and types that end up being fulfilled ultimately with how we live our lives and ultimately with the way that the nations go, the way that, you know, history is God's story and he's telling it through um, these events and these prophecies. So what I'm hoping to do with these other commentaries is point to more rifles on the wall, point to more of those symbols that uh, scripture gives us to show the the unity of all of scripture and to discern God's work of salvation. Um, yeah, all throughout scripture. So I hope that was helpful and hopefully this serves as a prelude so that we can really hit the ground running with all the Old Testament types that get fulfilled in the New Testament and gain a richer understanding of scripture. <laughs>